Welcome back, everyone. It's been a very long time. Welcome back to another episode of Teacher Talk, a platform for like-minded educators. I hope everyone is doing well. And just a quick thank you to bearing with us while we get ourselves back together. Life has been lifing, but more episodes are making their way. So thank you for those who have continued to support us. So my first episode, season three now, so third year of the podcast we are entering. Today I am joined by Rakesha Williams and Rakesha is currently studying um, counselling children and young people. She's in her final year of her MSc course at the Uni um, University of Northampton. She's currently working in a London secondary school as a trainee pastoral counsellor. She originally trained as a paediatric speech and language therapist. However, her dissertation um, highlighted the unmet mental health needs of the youth offending population, and that um, encouraged her to change her career path. She has worked in education since 2018 and has held various roles, such as deputy head of sixth form, deputy designated um, safeguarding lead and co-opted governor. In all her roles, she has felt unequipped to support students and their families' mental health and well-being needs. That has been her driving force to become a counsellor. Her plans she would like to achieve in terms of supporting, promoting and advocating for children and young people's mental health. And she plans to continue working with the education sector, but she would also like to destigmatize mental health by taking counseling in untraditional settings, such as youth offending institutions, making counseling support and resources accessible. So I'm really excited to get into today's episode. Rakesha, thank you for coming on to Teacher Talk. No, thank you for having me on, and yeah. I'm really excited. We've been bouncing back um, for a, a while now with just ideas and coming onto the podcast. But I just want to today just discuss like the impact mental health has in terms of you and what we can do, even as educators or parents or just people listening that we can do even to support the mental health of young people, but also supporting the mental health of ourselves as well. Mm-hmm. So what was a significant moment you had for you that made you want to work with Um, children and young people and specifically working with children and young people but with regards to mental health um so I would say like a pivotal moment for me was in my undergrad when I was doing my dissertation um doing my research it was looking at like the youth offending uh speech and language um needs and in doing that like my research a lot of the literature was coming up and it was talking about like the mental health needs, which to me at the time, I guess it wasn't a first thought, but when you actually do think about it, a lot of, you know, within the criminal justice system, there is a lot of unmet mental health needs. So that for me, like having all all the stats and all the literature basically saying that they know that there's high prevalences of unmet mental health needs, but no one's doing anything. So it kind of made me like stop and pause and think before we even think about delivering all like these speech interventions and rehabilitation, you actually need to help um, 
the youth offending population or just young people or just people in general you need to actually help them with their well-being and mental health before you can deliver and try and help them in terms of changing their behavior Mm -hmm. so that for me was like a pivotal moment so I almost graduated from uni and twinned with the idea of do I want to be a speech therapist or is there another career that I can do that still involves working with children young people and their families um and I guess it was like my first role in a school I was a study supervisor and it was almost like whenever I was in the common room sorry and just around that the students would just come up to me and they would have things going on and they'd be telling me about it now at the time I thought I wasn't doing enough so I felt really like unequipped mm-hmm. um I was just listening but now I know that listening is like a basic skill yeah. and it's fundamental but I just felt like what more can I do to support like my students um because and I always say this they students come to school with a lot of things mm-hmm. already and then coming into school and having all that these behavioral systems interacting with their peers the learning there's just so much but it it gets overlooked definitely and, and I'm sure you've seen that as well like working oh, in school yeah sorry I didn't want to cut you off I was even thinking as well like what you said about the behavioral systems and even over my years of teaching when I've worked with some students mm-hmm. and there's two things it's you know when a student's go, gone from year six yeah into year seven like we're not we don't actually we do you know we do all this transition talk all the transition you know when they come and have um you know the day at school and I feel like even from my experience of working a lot with year six and into year seven transition is it's all about behavior yeah it's all about uniform it's a lot about standards and I feel like of course it's important to drive expectations and standards mm-hmm. to young people but then we're not thinking we're not actually doing a lot of that work of wait they're not going to be with the same teacher every day who they've gotten used to remember at primary school like you know you're used to that one person all year um and then you know you've gone to get lots of different teachers you're around completely different people you might go to a school where you're you don't have any of your friends from primary school. Mm-hmm. I remember I made the decision to go to the other school instead of the school that a lot of my friends went to. And I, and it's that mm-hmm. whole transition, like, or it might even be, you know, you've moved to a different area. Mm-hmm. So that whole transition and the impact that it has on you mentally is really hard. And I only kind of felt that when I left the UK to come and move abroad, like, you know, I was given, you know, all these expectations that I had as a teacher teaching here and like living here, but there mm-hmm. wasn't like the actual well-being of it. Like, oh wait, like even just basic things of knowing where to shop, knowing my way around a new school, knowing how to interact with parents in a completely different country and students in a different country, make, like having to go through the whole process of making friends and identifying you know, the correct people and people who you want to hang out with, like all of those can have an impact on you mentally, like trying to find your feet. Yeah. You don't really think about it. And I think that's the whole thing with school. It's, I've had some students over the years where they physically have found like the rules and expectations really difficult. And Mm -hmm. my one battle I have with the education system, it's such a weird system where 
you know, you and I, we're going to be taught the same curriculum. We're going to be given these grades and then it's a one size fits all approach. Education is very much, I see it as it's a one size fits all. They think, right, you know, these two, they've been given the same curriculum, so it's going to have the same outcome. But realistically, no, that's, there's no being seen as an individual, I feel like, at school. where And it's so difficult because we are, as teachers, we are given that curriculum that we need to, like, throw out and, like, give out. We're under our own pressure. So it almost gets trickled down into our students where, you know, like what you said about listening, where sometimes we think because we're not responding, but I always say the, the art of listening is actually an art, just sitting and listening and just being that presence. No, 100%. It's so important, isn't it? No, 100%. And there's something that my supervisor always, that there's something therapeutic in telling your story. Yeah. So that's so true. And, and all of what you said about the transition period, there's so much build up around it but then, especially in a large secondary school, mm. they almost get lost. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. And you as an adult, you know, like you said, you've moved over to another country and learning all, all, all the systems. For you, that's been a big thing. So I can, you know, you can only imagine um, a year six who's transitioning into year seven, how they feel. And I, I've started a, a new job and I will say to all of my year, year seven students, you know, you're finding your way around this big school and it can be scary. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, it's a big building. Like you have to build up the courage. Oh, can I ask this person where yeah. C block is or, you know, your, your timetable and all your homework. And it's it's a lot. To it is a lot. It's a lot. Take. I mean for me when this is back in the day but I didn't start secondary school in year seven so we so primary school for me was from reception until year seven and then we transitioned in year eight and even that in itself but it's almost as well that build-up like all those stories that you hear oh this is going to happen at high school this is going to happen so it's almost like that expectation and especially with lockdown, like some of my colleagues, we've been saying that, you know, some of the students or not even some of the students have lost like valuable moments, like having your shirt, your shirt signed yeah. at like yeah. the end of year six, like all of these key moments that they would have missed out on. And then they're almost like plonked into year seven and they're expected to just respond and be ready and like be ready no new procedures no new expectations no new teachers and secondary school I feel like especially in London Mm -hmm. with London being the diverse place it is yeah many different opinions different you know um cultures and backgrounds people with different ways of doing things and we're all expected to kind of get on with it and then there isn't that you know, downtown, like I've been a form tutor as well since I've been teaching. And I remember before when I was at school, I feel like there was times where we just had time to sit and talk with our form tutor. But now form time, I just feel like I'm a, I'm a postwoman. Like I'm just delivering things from a PowerPoint that I'm told to do rather than being able to be like... Yeah, spend that quality... Yeah. Quality time. Like, and it's been like that, for, you know even when I was in the UK, like there's not that time to be like, right, how, how are you doing? And 
you know, it's just those simple questions where it's like, I've even been asking my form recently, they're in year 10. That's a massive transition as well, going from year nine, mm-hmm. where, you know, it's not that serious. And I always even say with year six, year seven, year seven or year six in different uniform. Like, and it's same with year 10, you're still in that year nine mindset. Um, and then there's different things about you that are changing. So I'm always asking like, how are you showing up for yourself today? Like, what's one thing you want to achieve today? Because you've gone from year eight, just finding your feet, year nine, where you can't, you know, you know what's going on. You know, the school expectations, whether they're going to follow them or not. I think it's down to them. Um, and then you then have to make these big, big choices like GCSEs. Then you're told that these are the biggest things in your life. And I think GCSEs are really important. Like I'm still, I think, cause we've gone into the education setting. We are still asked about our GCSEs. Like I've had to produce my GCSE certificate more than I've had to show my uni certificate. So, oh, wow. but it's things like that, but we're not having just like that transition discussion. Yeah, it's too all. much pressure. At the moment. So much, I feel like there's so much pressure on like, the kids, Sorry. the professionals. Yeah. No, it's too much. And that thing you said about being individuals, that the education system doesn't cater to that. No. It's like you need to follow it. And if you don't, like there's consequences when it's like, no. And what you said about, you know, like form time and checking in, that's a key pivotal moment. Exactly. That's early in the morning. That's like one of, that's the first point of contact that yeah. you have so it's really important that you know that you are, are able to create that time where you can check in and say how are you how was your morning like there's so many students I remember actually a couple of weeks ago there was a year seven who was in tears because he forgot his lanyard oh and they put it into him that you need to have your lanyard on he was in he he was just he was distressed I had to bring him into my room and calm him down. He literally couldn't speak. I had to give him a whiteboard so he can write out what was wrong with him. Now, yes, you need to have your lanyard. It's a safeguarding, you know, thing to make sure we know who you are and they're color-coded, but it's not that big of a deal, especially into a new school, a new system. My heart, my heart. I I know people can't see my face, but this is what I mean. Like where we it's those expectations where it's like you're expected to work like a machine isn't it like it's in your head space to be like a machine where sometimes it is a thing where you just forget things and I feel like because you know even with you know planner not being so I I'm you know as a teacher I do I have my expectations I do follow through but it's almost like you still have to show that human approach like passion that's what that's you know for me one thing I even I'm trying to keep working on for myself is the compassion that I show myself but the compassion that I give to others mm. and I feel like compassion kindness humility and just love and support they're things that we can give for um for free and just like the grace and like showing grace um to ourselves and to each other and just having that compassion but I feel like sometimes that gets lost and those go a long way and if yeah if you're modeling that to yourself and others and imagine your students seeing that and being like oh I'm doing that 
you know what she actually made me she actually made me feel this way and they will then follow through and show that up to to their peers and and the other staff in the school I feel like in today's society we and it's easy to be done it's easy to to be done because we are in a rat race at times but those little moments of stopping and pausing are really important and it could actually make a, a wild difference it's so important and I feel like even for myself in my I feel like over the years just in general because you have blips isn't it like I, I, I always just call them a blip um but you know just things that kind of like throw you off your track yeah. almost that you don't realize that can have an impact on you mentally even you know as adults whether it's like a breakup or something that's not gone well or you know, rejection like from a job or just like a fallout with a friend or just not, or sometimes just waking up and feeling off. Yeah. And I feel like unless you are someone that has researched or like gone to therapy or things like that, I feel like there's not these um, kind of, it's not publicized enough on how we can work on ourselves for ourselves. So I feel like because I've always been, um, like, I've always tried to make sure I've looked after myself, like, mentally and physically, mm-hmm. uh, even if it's, like, affirming myself or journaling. But because I then re- was researching into it, I was then able to find these things. And there is a whole lot of things on the internet, but I don't think they're necessarily readily available. It's because I've kind of gone out of my way to, like, maybe follow those pages on Instagram or... Uh, make sure I'm like look at what books I can read or if there's podcast or you know whatever it is but those kind of like tools are not I feel like they're getting a bit better now depending on what school you're in like my school we've got three counsellors in school yeah and even teachers can go and see them and we've got even in our staff bulletin we've got a whole counselling corner so they give us tools like even they're like you know make sure you have a on Sunday like do something for yourself like even things like they're like right what are you doing for yourself like even showing you different ways you can do things for yourself and like Pinterest have a lot of things but I feel like when I was at school I wasn't equipped to handle those things but now I know I'm able to help my students do that but how can we even help teachers look after their mental because I feel like I've had things going on in my life whether it's been like a death of a family member or you know, just even, you know, when you're in your fields or... Yes, we're human. We human. are. But I've then had to come to work, especially like as a drama yeah. teacher and a music teacher, I've had to come to work and I've had to show up for myself. But how can we help and protect teachers mentally as well? I feel like what you've said is like a massive thing. It's almost like you're wearing a mask. Yeah. Yeah. We are, we, we are professionals that we do have jobs. We have to show up for our students. And I guess you as a teacher as well, there's so many other like demands that you mm. guys have, but it's allowing yourself to, you know, have a life outside of work mm. and taking that time off. I mean, I'm saying this to you, I need to work on it myself, but a better work-life balance is that really, really important. So whether that's, you know, from Monday to Wednesday, you stay a bit later at work, but, you know, Thursday, Friday, you're, you're, you're going to leave at the time that you're contracted to and you're going to switch off. 
And I feel like working with like children, young people, they're always like at the back of our minds. Like we're always thinking, you know, what can we do? And I guess for you as well, you're you're always lesson planning and a market, yeah. doing all these extra stuff. But it's really important that you create a space for, for yourself outside of work because you're more than just an educator. Exactly. And if you get lost in that, then what you're delivering to your students and show and showing them is unhealthy. Mm-hmm. So I yeah, creating space for you outside, really like in getting involved and doing things that you like to do whether that's journaling whether you like to go out to brunches I know I've heard you before like going out to brunches and and just enjoying like trying I mean like I know some my friends who also work in the education system we have like our half term hangs so every half term like we'll meet up and and we will do certain things um I guess it's finding what you enjoy and doing that and also recognizing within yourself if it's more than just a blip if there's something that's going on outside of work or it could be in work but rather than covering it up addressing it and acknowledging it whether that means you're talking to your family and friends or you know you are seeking that professional help it's really really important so yeah just acknowledging if you know you're not you're not feeling self because you know I'm actually a believer that you actually know um whether or not you are okay or not and then acknowledging that maybe taking time out having a better work-life balance and just pouring into yourself because you can't pour into your students and other people if you don't pour into yourself I was literally going to say that one thing I've even realized myself is I always even say and in the humblest way as possible, but I always say I am a priority, like I am my priority, because even one thing I've noticed, like for me, like naturally, like I'm like an empath, I always want to help people or be there for others, but mm. I wasn't then being there for myself. So I'd be having things going on, um, but then still showing up for others. And I was like, wait, hang on, I'm not making myself a priority. So even when like I took myself away, I went traveling like by myself in the Easter holidays or, you know, just like my gym routes, like make sure I've got my gym routine or like, even if it's just like, right, I'm not going to go out tonight, I'm going to stay in or even just have a weekend to yourself. It's just making yourself that priority. Like, well, like you said, pouring into yourself, like I've realized like when you're able to do that, the relationships around you are flourishing so much. And even like, this year like even with school like right I've done what I've needed to do and you know me working and overworking myself who is that going to benefit it's not going to benefit anyone so let me work on me at or even if it's like right you know every Wednesday I I used to do this a lot in the UK but Wednesday was like my day to just leave school at 3.30 or 4, and I would just go and do whatever I wanted to do, even if it's just, you know, sitting on the sofa or just anything like that brings you joy. Sorry, anything that brings you joy. Yeah, no, 100%. And self-care doesn't need to be expensive. No. It doesn't need to be you going out and buying yourself stuff. It could literally just be, I'm going to bed early tonight. I'm going to put my phone on Do Not Disturb. I'm going to set myself a nice bubble bath with some bath bombs. Like, eat, like, a a nice meal. So it, it all 
all of that incorporates and contributes to you actually making time for yourself like eating healthy like ex getting enough exercise like spending enough time with people that you love but then equally spending enough time with yourself whether it's you know you are of a certain faith spending that time and and pouring into that and reading Mm -hmm. there's so much that we can do it doesn't need to be this big fancy thing definitely definitely in the next few years Mm -hmm. like how would you you as um in your role how would you like mental health to look in schools so I feel like we need to have more counsellors mental health professionals within the education system so and I feel like on site as well it's really really important and I feel like training needs to be delivered not just to teachers but all staff that work in in schools I feel like a lot of schools and moving education anyway I know teachers are really really important they really are but so are the teaching assistants and so are the lunchtime supervisors yeah. because they have yeah like everybody within a school you know that thing when they say with safeguarding you know like every um, member of staff will have a different picture yeah. of the students it's true because each student child young person will have a different relationship um will disclose certain things to you certain teachers and that teacher will know oh he's not being himself today or she's you know being a bit off so having training that is available to all staff that work in schools is really really important as well and also I feel like educating the students as well as their families so whether that's signposting allowing them to know you know if they're not in school like and if they're not feeling okay who they can contact who they can go to and just building up the resilience of students is really really important and teaching them about self-care and that life will sometimes life (laughs) sometimes life will just life how 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 it is but we build up our resilience by getting through certain things and I feel like that's really important I feel like it's really really important so I feel like yeah having more mental professionals in schools um having training readily available to staff and educating the students and their families as well and also prioritizing mental health Mm -hmm. and well-being I feel like a lot of it is you need to get these grades you've got to get your stats your cats your A-levels but before we even get to all of that you can't perform if you're not okay exactly um and also just destigmatizing as well like I know you know within certain communities Mm -hmm. I'm going to speak about the black community because I am black it's there's a stigma around mental health and like yeah. not in your family, like not taking what's happening at home outside of the family home. And if you say like, you know, I'm feeling this way, then you'll get a lot of stick for it. Yes. I feel like so, that's another episode though. We need to do a part two. There's just so much that we can do. And I feel like it is little steps and just being a- approachable, that yeah. would be like the biggest thing. Like you said, for instance, your form time. 
So let's say, you know, there are messages that need to go out. There are certain presentations you need to deliver. But let's say once a week or every other week, you actually have that unstructured form time where, I don't know, they could be getting on with a task or doing mindfulness or reading. And then if they want to check in with you, they can come up to you and be like, miss, do you know what's happened here? And just talk about it. I feel like there's there's not enough time in a school day anyway. No, not at all. We need to kind of create an avenue where our students can come to us and say, and just have that relationship. It's more than just coming to school and getting the grades and exactly getting the marks it's important but so nothing is more important than your mental health well-being physical health always, always going all over the place so I hope this actually makes sense we are I always say we are our biggest investment like we are our biggest priority we are our biggest investment and we need to be educating our young people on that from the get-go that's just as in that it that should be embedded into our curriculum that um priority of self the concept of self like you know looking after ourselves you know there's there's definitely so much and I really definitely want to do a part two so definitely on the black um community and mental health so Rikisha thank you so much for coming on to teacher talk today Thank you for for having me. Just before we go, is it okay if I like plug my research? Oh, you have to say that to <laughs> you. Yes, please. Um, so I'm currently doing um a dissertation on looking at um parents and carers of Black children and young people who have accessed uh, mental health services within the UK, um because we know that there are a lot of unmet mental health needs of black children and young people in comparison to their peers so if there's any parents or carers out there um, who their child is uh, of black origin then please um, get in contact with me I'd really like to hear your story hopefully this will be like the start of bringing more awareness and the black community's mental health especially of our children and young people because they are the next generation they're going to be looking after us very very true very true thank you